Hey everybody, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We are at episode 693. This is being recorded on September 7. I think it's September 7, 2022. I'm Sebastian Beek. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. I'm going to be downbeat Brett Van Spurnberg tonight. Hey, there was an Apple event today. You don't have to be down unless you didn't get everything that you wanted from Tim Apple. It was Tim like Christmas Apple. and I didn't and I didn't get any Tim presents. Well, every Apple product is a present from Tim. Mm, you just have to exchange your wanted, money for it. I just wanted a phone and with another home button. Mm, no, forget that. You can support PC Perspective and everything that we do here, including this podcast, by going to patreon.com slash PC per. Yes, this is the part of that YouTube video where we beg people to support us on Patreon. But really, we wouldn't do this without you. And we thank all of our supporters for making this possible and helping us pay our bills. So Yeah, because please, my kids are in college and <laughs> I really need the help. If you want to donate a few dollars a month at Patreon, every little bit helps so that I don't have to eat lentil stool three or seven days a week. Wait, lentil oh, you stool? Meant, you meant soup. You meant soup. Soup. No, he, soup. he means lentils. Use lentils. Sure. Okay. I meant use lentils. Okay. Let's move to Laramie and live with Josh as he explores the world of food or something. You can live with me and my two freeloading children who are going to college. So I went down because nobody was answering the phone at the Born in a Barn. And uh, I was like, gosh, I would really use a good burger special. Could really use a good burger special. Burgle. Guess what? There was no burger special. Instead, it was the Chicago Twist. And I had to get it. The Chicago Twist is a hot dog with sports peppers. I mean, those are those kind of smaller peppers. Mustard, caramelized onions, celery salt, fries, and relish. Yes, those fries that you see on the left are part of the burger that you have to somehow cram into your mouth. But when there's a will, there is a way. It was tasty, it was somewhat delightful, but I still wished it would have been a burger. But it still filled me up. The fries were crisp, golden brown. Not like the song, Golden Brown, which we don't need to go into that right now. It's, it's a it's a good song. It stays in your mind, um, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the fries. So yeah, I would I would say overall it's a seven point five. I mean, if you really like hot dogs, you probably really like it. But again, I'm just dying for a really good burger special, and I haven't been able to get one lately. So anybody from Born to Barn watching this, which is exactly zero, because the the head uh, 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 waitress today decided to sit down and talk to me while I was waiting about her experiences at Burning Man and how I should go there next time because there's all kinds of interesting things happening there. And she went through a litany of, of things that she did and experienced at Burning Man. And as you can tell by mm. my demeanor and the way I look that I would be a prime Burning Man candidate. Don't sell yourself you know, short, I like, Josh. I like I like a lot of sand in my eyes and clothes and everything else a week after I get away from Burning Man. 
I thought clothing anyway. was optional at places like Burning Man. Um, I have no idea. Well, yeah, Never but then the there. sunburn stays with you. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Our top story tonight, a nation in crisis. Enthusiasts everywhere have been anticipating AMD's latest platform, AM5. And there is some bad news attached to some of the leaks that have come out. This one in particular from MSI via videocards.com. The pricing, the pricing of X670E motherboards. And I put emphasis on E, not because I have a speech problem, but because the E stands for extreme and in this case enthusiast well i thought it was enthusiast or extreme and then i looked at the it slides could be extreme. again and uh during the presentation amd was using the word extreme. euthanasia extreme doesn't start with a u and so was the pricing by the way because uh you know a good board an emma a meg ace from msi solid x570 board not too expensive an x670e ace Six ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, but there's more. <clears throat> the godlike it has a like godlike a, price, all right. Six or seven hundred dollars before. Does now, that come with cooling? Twelve ninety nine, ninety nine. Better come with memory and a processor. But you know what? I, I'm gonna yeah, take. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I think we need to clarify something for the listeners and viewers. X six seventy e is not. The enthusiast platform, according to AMD. X670E is the extreme platform, basically HEDT, like an X299, X399. And X670, without the E, is enthusiast. And then X or B6, what is the B series this time? 650. That's yeah. going to be like your mainstream. But look, so at, look at the pricing on the non-E e here. The non-E e does not mean enthusiast. Leak. Pro... Clearly. The X670P Wi-Fi Pro, whatever, is 289. Uh, it's okay, and it's this is a 14 plus two plus one, you know, power phase. It's DDR5, of course. It's I don't know what people are going to need the E for. More, you're right. You're right, Josh. More PCI E. E well, but yeah. a touchable four and a half inch OLED IPS screen on well, it as well. They're obviously they're I mean, loading these up. To maximize the profit margin. The pricing is crazy, but this is not out of line with what we see at the very high end for Intel enthusiast boards. There's always some board that's over $1,000. Fair. So if that's but, the worst but Even of it, the EVGA X570 was 500 and some odd bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we know. made fun of them for that. We, we, we sort of recommended AMD over well, Intel from the sheer price of the motherboards. Yeah, but I mean, when the X570s were released, the, the Godlike was still 500 plus, and same with the high end Asus and yeah. all of those. So, yeah, they just doubled it. <laughs> all I In know is that I'm going to use all of that PCIe 5 bandwidth for two Intel R380s so I can have eight <laughs> outputs and not be limited in my bandwidth. Yeah. And it saves yeah, you, but you know what? You know what they also say? Happily, happily, excess is never enough. And this is proof of that trite saying. I'm on Newegg.com because everybody likes it when we, you know, stream 
browsing on websites, but I'm just going to oh, sort by highest and price first. Everybody is approving of Newegg lately, so definitely stream yeah. more of that. Okay, so the Maximus 690, Z690 Extreme Glacial oh, is 20. So this is from some young C supermarket yeah, store. Yeah, go for... Let's go ship by Newegg. Let's see here. Most expensive ship by Newegg, two... Two grand. Thousand dollars <throat> for a motherboard. <clears throat> the MSI Meg. Nineteen ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, here we go. Okay, so they're godlike. Isn't that fantastic. Thank you. It's fantastic. They're godlike Isn't board. Isn't that incredible? MSI's godlike Thank board you. for Z six ninety is twelve hundred dollars. Yes. It's a, I think it's a stretch that? to go to that, to that two slots. Is that two slots because they ran out of lanes. You gotta, you gotta have a pretty big case for that one. Look at that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Look at the width. That's uh, a very wide motherboard. And, and a bit. Oh, 20 plus two phases, though. Two Thunderbolt 4s. Six M.2s. Everything you need. He's starting to sound like... But that's the thing. Yeah. If you... Six, the 670 had 22 phases, by the way. Not USB 1 or USB Not 2. Not all phases or, are created the same. Oh, all right, fair enough. So, I I look at phases and I just like who cares? Like if it's a quality, uh, if it's quality components, if each one can handle ninety amps, if it's you have to look at the continuous, like the the momentary ratings for these things, whether this is being doubled to give you that number or if it's individual phases or what. But I I think what's going to end up happening is there's going to be a whole lot of boards in the two to three hundred dollar range for AM five. And then there's going to be the crazy expensive, like 600 and up for the, you know, no cost, no object enthusiast crowd. Because there, there already is that on the Intel side. And Intel doesn't really do high-end desktop. Neither does AMD. They've already, we talked about this, the Threadripper Pro is the only Threadripper now. You can't get Threadripper for mm -hmm. consumer anymore. 16 core, 32 thread on the latest architecture on a, you know, X... 670e is going to be pretty damn high end but you'll pay for it if you want all the lanes oh, they have lanes no, to spare come on class, by the way you know i've been trying to get the the whole and it just doesn't do it it's just crap it's not even crystal Are you sure it's crystal I'm not even sure what show we're doing right now. So that was that motherboard story. Uh, we will see, of course, how pricing actually shakes out because we're just going based on one MSI leak or report right now. E E does not mean enthusiast. No, that's what you mean. Expensive. E means <laughs> yeah. E is extreme, and then not. It's it makes it makes total sense, especially when you look at AMD's new naming scheme for their mobile processors. Yes, starting in 2023. They've taken a page out of Intel's playbook, and now you have to decode the processor to figure out what the hell it is. So, they so it's a Ryzen example. Seven, right? Well, no, no, uh, no it's, it's not. Is it? It's is it seventh <laughs> gen? No, it's is it is that the market segment? Is that no? Okay, no. Is it numerology? Because two plus two plus three equals seven. You're still Ooh, not paying attention. I didn't think about that. Okay. The example it, they gave was a Ryzen totally 5 7640U, where the 7... Wait, a Ryzen 5 7640U under that nomenclature is redundant. 
It's true. Like it an is, automatic but, killer machine. Okay, here's the part I don't get. Because they've separated... The first digit is the portfolio model year. So they've decided that 7, instead of it being, you know, 7,000 series or whatever, 7 means 2023. So the next digit is 6. I'm sorry, how many how many nanometers is this again? I Who knows? <laughs> so yes. Next, well, it's there, that's covered under your architecture. Uh, okay, thank of. you. Market right, segment thanks. is the next digit. This is the part I don't get. Because you'd think, oh, market segment, that would be a five, because this is a Ryzen 5. But if you go uh, down their list, market segment six is a is Ryzen the upper end five. Ryzen 5. That makes sense. The high right? end Ryzen no, 5. No, but the feature isolation digit is supposed to show you lower, lower model within segment or upper model within segment. Instead, so they it's have a, a it's a high end lower model and segment. Is it wait? Yes. Is the six to know it's upper low? lower class? It's well, an upper lower. Oh, okay. Middle class. Yeah. But I thought upper lower was only if there was Zen four plus and this was Zen four, but maybe Ouch. a high end Zen four, but not quite a Zen four plus. But those aren't out yet. But neither is this. In fact, Robert Hallett called this a hypothetical. Ryzen 5 7640U. So it doesn't even exist outside of the world of theory. Hope so. so you're know. saying that this is same, same, but different. Yes. But still the same. Yeah, well, it's but very it easy. Look, all you have to do is look at the template for this, which is uh, the Intel processor naming scheme. Because when they changed mm -hmm. their processor names, they actually had to provide this little decoder image. And you have the brand, you have the brand modifier, which is i7, i5, the generation indicator, and then the part that's more arbitrary, which is the skew numeric digit. So 65 doesn't mean anything, but it just happens that this is an i7, 10, 65. 10th gen, model number 65, whatever that means. And then they had a graphics that indication. Was an I would like that because... These new processors have graphics, but they have no graphics designation. Or maybe they don't oh. all have graphics because, you know, they're using three they, different they're generations. They're probably going to like a 7640 U with RDNA 3. No, but two. we can't call it RDNA 3 anymore now. Well, it wouldn't no, be RDNA 3 because I don't think they're, a RDNA, they're not above RDNA 2 in the mobile parts yet. We could always Are find they? the ones with Maybe. graphics. I mean, with the G part number, and uh, they've taken that from us. The important yeah. thing is that the middle here, the middle panel, shows a 4 in 7640U. The 4 is the architecture, so in this case, that would be Zen 4. And that means that there are going to be parts out something there makes sense. with a different lower number, like 3 or even 2 in the same... 7000 series available simultaneously. Yes, AMD has confirmed that they will be launching three different architectures at the same time under the Ryzen 7000 series mobile CPU banner. All right, I want a 9910E. I just don't get the you, market segment. You can't thing. just make up part numbers. You can't. Well, right. that, it says right there that exists. They need more numbers. If they're going to have a market nine. segment six, give me a Ryzen six. What's wrong with Ryzen six? Or Ryzen eight. Yeah, you don't have to copy Intel just because Intel came out with i five 
back in the Nehalem era doesn't mean that you can only do Ryzen 5. You could do Ryzen 4, and you could do Ryzen 6. But I guess that... But then you'll not have the Mojo Ryzen. Mm. Let's look at the mm. upcoming 7000 series product range, which has five distinct segments with no overlap, says AMD. So you have your everyday computing, which will be Athlon, Ryzen 3, and Ryzen 5. You'll have your mainstream thin and light, which will be Ryzen 3, Ryzen 5, and Ryzen 7. It sounds like overlap, but it isn't because one is going to be 7020, which is a uh, Mendocino. Zen 2. And then I mean, a Ryzen no. 7 is mainstream? No, no, a Zen yeah. Plus is too, right? No. Well, is I mean, it? it's a 7. Wait, no, because there's the modifier. So 2 Let, says sorry. that it's a Let's Zen go back. 2. Class, let's, uh, let's go, go back, back and look refresh. at the modifier refresh. again. Refresh. Refresh. Yeah, look, Under feature Sorry. isolation, you have to look at the model within segment, which denotes a plus or a non-plus. Because as oh. you know, in binary, a zero is zero and a one is five. Five. Apparently. That's, that's yeah, it's not a one, it's a five. Well, yeah, but it's it's a different kind of binary. It's binary by fives or something. <laughs> I don't really understand. There's a whole bunch of that's you can read only, it, you yeah, can read their fingers. their Post. Which makes... Robert Halleck wrote a post about this, and he talks about the new model numbers and what's it a name and how to read the new system and why they did this and the years ahead. And he says, as a closing aside, I'm quoting: "We are not planning changes to the general numbering system we've used on desktop since the AMD Ryzen 1000 series. This will continue forward as you you would expect." End quote. Oh, good. The oh, Ryzen so 10,000 series is coming. Yeah. They're only going to be mucking the mobile CPUs then. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah, yeah. a complete But nobody cluster. cares because you buy a, a laptop on price. Price, essentially. Yes. yes. We've just transitioned to our next story, which is about Intel. Finally, after all this AMD talk. Intel graphics. Yes, ARC graphics, everyone's favorite topic. But this time... It's more about the practical side of ARC, the GPU compute side. And the latest version of Blender has added support for Intel ARC GPUs. Interestingly, the Windows driver version of 101.3418 or newer, I don't think that's out yet. Actually, it says it's recommended to use ARC beta drivers. Let's see if 3418 is out there. Let's see. 3276 is the latest. So they may have uh, let the cat out of the bag on an unreleased version of the ARC driver, but it's coming and you'll be able to use Blender GPU cycles with your ARC graphics card. And speaking of ARC, Intel has confirmed that ARC A770 and A750 will launch at the same time and very soon now if that isn't a strong confirmation I well the ever reputable iron uh ryan uh shrout and tom peterson uh, yes ryan so. shouts and uh <laughs> tom peterson have confirmed <laughs> it to pc games hardware and digital foundry that's multiple sources and if you have mm -hmm. multiple sources you'll never get fired like dan rather right it's a mm -hmm. fact right Look at these two. There's Ryan. I think aging gracefully comes um, to mind. Uh, I mean, he looks less like Zuckerberg nowadays, so at least there's that. 
two interesting things from this article is that uh, those without uh, uh, rebar need not apply for the greatest uh, arc performance. I found that sort of interesting. If you have an older CPU motherboard combo, don't buy the high-end arc. And that they're aiming for someplace between 3060 and 3060 Ti. And lest we forget where that performance metric really falls is you're buying a 1080 Ti. For what a 1080 Ti used to cost. Whatever. I just want to point that out as just to go like, hot take, you're buying a 1080 Ti. Yeah, but for three to 400 bucks. Yeah, whatever, you know. Very soon anyways. Unless <laughs> it it's very later. soon. Launch date, very soon. And then the Unless it's Arc 580 later. Of course, you can already buy the A380, though... Once again, it's out of stock at Newegg. I think it's pretty much he better. He better send me an RK seven seventy very soon. I hope I'm going to release really all the information I got on him. All of it. <laughs> oh, you should hold out for more expensive than that, Josh. <laughs> do you? Well, that's do you remember, hey, Jeremy, don't graduate the is Very interesting. It was not interesting at all. I just have some information. Yeah. Yeah, hold out for more than four hundred bucks, though. So. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, they've already dispelled the myth that there's an Arc A780. That was a lie. There's yeah. only the A770, so that's all he can get. That's the best he can do. The new GPU-Z is here. The new GPU-Z is here. GPU-Z 2.48.0 released. Well, here's here's something that uh, changed. GPU-Z will no longer send any traffic to techpowerup.com but instead to GPUZ.com, so administrators can easily block traffic originating from GPUZ across a large organization. That uh, something that was requested by a certain company. Yeah, also, that one was an interesting hmm. note. Yeah, also on NVIDIA's request, we've programmed GPUZ to disable all of its network activity, automatic and manual, when an engineering sample is detected. They've also added a bunch of arc. Gosh, stuff. I wonder where some of these leaks have come from. Can't imagine. <laughs> The video cards usually. Are we ready to talk about USB four V two? No, not really. <laughs> hey, at least it's the <laughs> same. Oh my God, connector. it's. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, ex- in theory, except I wouldn't try USB one on it because uh, if they don't even suggest that the pinout works for it. But it's still not Thunderbolt except when it is Thunderbolt 4. Um, but it, now it can actually go faster than Thunderbolt 4, except not. Well, it depends. It depends and, on how many you know lanes are going in which direction. Well, what you're plugging it into. Because essentially what they're talking about with the, this idea, because, I mean, we've already got USB 4 motherboards all over the place. Oh, wait, right. Um, so, yeah, anyways, they're on to version 2 because they need to confuse us even more. I'm sure it will have a longer name very soon. Don't worry. But originally, USB 4 was supposed to be 40 gigabits. Bidirectional, so sort of 80, but theoretically because there's a lot of overhead. So USB V2 is more for plugging monitors in. So the theory is that it can actually provide a theoretical 80 gigabits of bandwidth uh, bidirectional to one device or it can sort of do an asymmetrical one where you've got 100 gigabits 120 gigabits which is going to one specific device like 
say a 4K monitor with a high refresh rate. And the other 40 is reserved for the docking station, which is attached to. So, but but there's no back talk, right? But yes, there's no back talk okay. whatsoever um, between right. the dock and yeah. So then we're looking at 20 bidirectional and 80, or sorry, uh, 60 bidirectional. So it's ridiculously confusing because well, they say it's 120 gigabits, it's not even close. It's only if you're sort of plugging in uh, to uh, a dock which will accept the signal and a monitor which accepts the signal and the, mon- the dock's got to pass through directly to the monitor. But in theory, you should be able to run an 8K 144 hertz display on a compatible dock, assuming there's no back talk or overhead in any way, shape, or form. I, I it, think by the time... Like any other US displays... displays right? I don't know, man. Like, Those- <laughs> So yeah, anytime you sort of dig into USB, it drives you absolutely insane because the, the, the USB implementers and forum loves names that are longer than an Acer uh, display and just makes things incredibly complicated. So yeah, don't worry. You don't even have USB 4 yet. So USB 4 or V2 type 1 dot revision 3.8 will soon be around. It's... Although it's interesting because the other nice thing about that is you should be able to daisy chain monitors together. So, you know, not one 8K, but two 4K, 144 hertz on the GPU you've got, which can totally drive that. Okay, we're working on this. <laughs> USB is starting to sound like a GSA code. Like USB 4.0.2.ab. Gen version 2. two. Dot one. No, not ver- Gen two or Type. version two. Those are not. They're not the same. No. Wait. Uh, yeah, Gen time. two is a. It's a flavor of Linux. Yes, it is. It's also US, USB three Gen two, and a well, don't forget two by two, because oh, yeah. by two Gen. Gen you, you draw two, two by two hand completely. Ooh, nice <laughs> reference. My question is: Will Apple release a USB four Gen two cable that's white and? breaks the first time you use it that's what uh, first off no because if it will be do. a thunderbolt 4 version 2 but other than that you're right yes it will be do you know how impossible length. this makes motherboard testing motherboard testing <laughs> uh, is already even more how many peripherals do you need to test motherboard connectivity how many PCIe slots do you need to disable, or PCIe lanes do you need to disable before you can get full speed from that USB? Uh, it it depends on what what configuration you did uh, at the BIOS level before you booted. You know, let's just go back to jumpers, okay? I'm, I'm done. Okay, Those I'm, are definitive. I'm all for this. That De- the jumpers are definitive. Yes. On off. On yes. Off. <laughs> Engaged, not engaged. <laughs> and when it reboots, well, the jumper doesn't move position. It doesn't revert back to where you didn't doesn't want it reset. to be. Oh, beautiful. It is. It's a certain it should be. A certain beauty in that. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. All right. Let's. Okay. Well, Josh, we might as well take a nap because these two are going to be talking for a while. Uh, we'll do this no, as quickly no, as we not. can. Because Apple had a very special event today where they announced all the new fruity things that you just can't live without iOS 
fruity things mm-hmm. and phone fruity things no and watch. iPhone 14, right? Just the Pro. No, they two iPhone 14 and 14 Pro, so oh, two okay. two new phones coming oh, I out. See. A, I, had to, I had to scroll farther. Yep. A about a 6.1 and a 6.7 inch, so that's going to be quite a phone. A15 with six cores, the Okay, what was A14. the previous size? I thought it was already 6 and 6.7. It, uh, I th- have you I used think an so, iPhone lately, or are you still stuck on that <laughs> SE piece of crap? Oh, I can't believe you! You've you've wound me so much. All right, you're on your own. <laughs> okay, I'm using an iPhone 12 myself. What are the sizes of these things? They've uh, they've pulled up. Yeah, same size. A uh, 14 is the same size. 6. And then there's 1. the uh, yeah the third. There's the been no change iPhone 14 looks like the 13, which looked like the 12. What's different is a magical new way to interact with the iPhone. Of course, I don't I think you left out the word groundbreaking. iPhone. You left out the word groundbreaking, I think. But oh, yeah, go well, on. Well, what about transformative? Uh, uh, what not about in this particular It's a paradigm sense? shift. Don't uh, see. I will, I will not... I will not succumb to your hyperbole. Okay, groundbreaking safety hold? features and a innovative 48 megapixel camera. Tell that to uh, Nokia that it's innovative. Yeah, but this one will be good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the best camera I've ever used in a smartphone is still my Nexus 6. The Sony image sensor in that one was incredible. Uh, let's see. Did one you ever notice uh, the, the lack of uh, the notch has taken a different shape? It's a little smaller. Yeah, the notch is smaller. It is a bit smaller. Does anybody yeah. care? Okay. Uh, AirPods Pro. They're. Uh, I'm curious as to how they're getting their uh, lossless. Are they using a proprietary Good codec? Good question. They, they're not. Certainly, I wouldn't be using Aptex HD. Uh, was there another? Was there a Bluetooth variant that would have allowed this? Or no? No. no. Okay. In theory, an upcoming. I think Bluetooth. There has to be greater data um, bandwidth. Is the word I'm they for. they did go all eSIM, so no more SIM card slots. Uh, yeah, which no more is, uh, iPhone for me. One is what that sounds like. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's one iPhone. Compatible with this generation. One or iPhone fits all. Well, no, why do you ask these sorts of questions? It, it's immaterial. <laughs> What's immaterial? <laughs> The watch, which there were all these, these leaks about the questions. new watch is going to be completely different. It's going to have squared off. I'm like, how uncomfortable would that be to wear? No, and then, of course, terrible. they released it, and it's just the same thing as last year. It's got a couple other features that are mostly geared towards uh, women and their um, monthly cycle tracking and ovulation and stuff. Like, great. So, anyway. It's great. Can't wait to get the new Apple Watch for all the... Uh, to, for it to check my temperature every five seconds while I sleep. <laughs> From a hardware perspective, there's a new A16. And that's in the 14 Pro, and the 14 pulls up the 13 Pro. A15. And that's so, a CPU you, know, some you can point, only get in the 14 Pro, not in the 14. That's correct. Right? The, A, the A16 is only in the 14 Pro. The A14 pulls up the previous 13 Pro uh, CPU uh, into, into it. So uh, at some point, Josh will be able to tell us a lot more about the uh, whatever's going on inside the A15. <laughs> some point let's now briefly look at a creepy story about ai uh i don't even know what the this is creepy af is this really (laughs) ai or is this just cosplay i mean Uh, no it's well that's the terrifying picture in the bottom right there 
is the AI took uh, an improbable, impossibly to be made human Pro- picture and made it into a perfect cosplayer. That's it's not a, it's, the, is, the drawing is not a per- proportioned person, but the AI no. made it so because it went out and, and found a and, picture of the cosplayer. I'm imagining. Well, I mean, it's got five billion to go through, so it's quite possible. But you know, so we've already seen Dali two and uh, Nvidia's one, and it's like, oh, so what's the big deal here? Well, so all of those are cloud based, right? You submitted an image or a, a text prompt, and it generated it for you, and in theory, kept a record of you know who it was that made the account and had this picture made. Well, Stable Diffusion is locally run. Uh, Ars Technica tried it on an RTX 3060 12 gig, and it does a 512 by 512 image in about 10 seconds. A 3090 Ti did it in four. And so you can just do whatever the hell you want with a picture and upload it. And uh, there's really no one to be able to tell because in theory, there's no tag, there's no metadata, there's no nothing saying this one is computer generated. And Hackaday had even more fun with it. They started it with a hand-drawn crayon picture of the Seattle oh, skyline. Yeah, which I saw they kept that feeding one. back into it. And then eventually were like prompts like, uh, and make it post-apocalyptic and throw an alien uh, sky, uh, an alien starship into it. And yeah. The difference, the difference with this one is that it's open source. The other ones you had to upload yeah. an image, and it's yeah. sort no, of this like one you do on your you own. were. Yeah. So here's the difference. So that one in the upper left hand corner is the hand drawn image. The one to the right, the enhanced. upper right hand corner. Yep. Yeah, but then they fed it through a few more times, and you get the one in the bottom there with the space needle bottom and left. everything. Yep. That's just the algorithm chewing through stuff. And already, because this is totally open source, uh, Stable Diffusion has branched out. Oh, and you can do totally, you can do close. Uh, and video. This gal, yeah. This guy, this gal is like, yep, yeah, I'm just wearing different stuff. There's a little bit uh, in the video, if you really look at it, there is a little bit of bit rock going on, but mm-hmm. you'd never see it, uh, especially if you're just flipping through. But. This is already branched. It's fully open source. So it's already branched into God knows how many different things where people are tweaking uh, the training set that it's got, uh, giving it slightly different flavors. And yeah, this is, you know, the Uncanny Valley wasn't supposed to eat us, but I think uh, this is going to help do that. I hope that photography is dead. Nonsense. Or (sighs) think about the web. I love photography. I love photography too, and I fear that it might be dead. No. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what you do? You use this. You feed the the photograph into it, and you draw, bring it back to the crayon, and then mm-hmm. you'd be you'd be unique. I'm back. trademarking that, by the way. <laughs> back to Go the crayon. Ahead. Back to the crayon. All right. Let us pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Guys, it's no secret that women can love a nice beard. 
and that we love growing them, or at least trying. But having a great looking beard requires work. Whether it's beard oils, styling products, or even a top of the line trimmer, there's a small army of products seemingly required to grow your best beard. Luckily, there's Beard Club. As the leader in beard first men's growth and grooming, Beard Club delivers quality hardware and consumables that'll help you grow a better, thicker, and fuller looking beard. I recently had a chance to use the Beard Club Trimmer Deluxe Kit over the past couple of weeks. The PT45 trimmer itself has an adjustable depth cutter, an additional numbered plastic clips, and standoffs. So getting dialed in was trivial. It's a super nice and truly hefty trimmer and for me i'm getting a sweet repeatable trim at different depths no hair pulling and has an awesome battery life like i said it's super nice the kit also comes with plenty of other beard upgrades too i didn't even know how pleasant sandalwood beard balm or shampoo was i expect you won't be disappointed with how good your face and beard will feel either so head over to beardclub.com pcper take the beard quiz and use our code pcper at checkout they'll be able to dial in a grooming kit recommendation just for you no matter what type of beard you have beard club has the perfect kit to fit your needs in tech gear speak go up Upgrade your Beard Care OS. Grow your best beard today and take 20% off your first order when you go to beardclub.com slash PCPer and use our code PCPer. That's beardclub.com slash PCPer. Code PCPer. And get 20% off your first order. We're back and it's time for Gaming Quick Hits. It's the part of our show where we talk about video games or games that are in development or tangentially related video game things like tablets sometimes for some reason mice very fast mice steel rising arrives as a friendly souls like how can it be souls like if it's friendly please well it's like that's a non-secretary i know it was built as a souls like uh but you're a robot in a steampunk alternate universe in the french revolution where uh louis decided to kill all the humans and Marie Antoinette had her own personal robot bodyguard who they she sends out to, you know, fix things, which is you. And so it was sort of sold as a Souls-like type game. But a lot of the reviewers have said, well, um, yeah, it's Souls-like, but it's like super easy comparatively. When you encounter a big boss, you only die like once or twice before you figure out its patterns and win. Which to me doesn't sound like a bad thing because Souls-like games just annoy the fucking hell out of me. I don't need to get good. I have a lot of other things to do than memorize entire patterns and just, you know, bash my head for against the wall. For one enemy. For one enemy. Really, if you want me to bash my head against the wall for five minutes, I, I would rather just do that. It's quicker. It's over sooner than doing the load screens. So there's been some complaints about that, which honestly, I think, makes it at least for me a little more interesting. But on the other hand, uh, the one of the big uh, key points of the Souls games is that you, you light your bonfire. In this case, you touch a statue and it becomes your save point and you die and you go back to it. Well, in Souls-like games, usually you can teleport between them. In this one, you can't. So apparently the, it does ex- encourage a lot of exploration and it looks gorgeous. But if you end up getting snuffed, you may end up on a 10 minute walk through a bunch of stuff you didn't enjoy through the first time. So no, it's, it looks like an interesting balance. The, the idea is good and no one hates the gameplay. No one hates the idea. Uh, a lot of people like the weapons and the, the, the strange balances of it, but a lot of people are whining that it's just not hard enough. So I'm sure they'll just come up with a nightmare mode in no time at all. And, you know, make every boss move twice as fast and have three times the health points. And then we'll get back to beating it with a banana and, or a rock star uh, guitar and everyone will be happy again. But in the meantime, I don't know. It sounds like it could be interesting. 
I want to play Elden Ring, but I have a feeling it's just going to annoy the heck out of me after about a half hour, 45 minutes when I just get killed one too many times. I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't have the patience anymore. Well, maybe you have the patience for a thief with guns I'm up, which is mm. a new category for me. Gloomwood. Is that the name of it? Glo- uh, Gloomwood. Yes. But the URL is thief with guns. Okay. This, and I, I didn't have much chance to look at it, but totally reminds me of Sir, You Are Being Hunted, uh, which was a game that uh, actually one of the guys that used to work at Rock Paper Shotgun made and there's supposedly an enhanced edition coming out soon but it's the same sort of thing you've sort of got guns but there's a lot of robots out to kill you so if you want to try and gun everyone down it's not going to come out well for you 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 go and die but if you wanted to use it to well that was well done uh if you want to use it to shoot out light bulbs uh if you want to throw something to distract a guard and then stab them then you know that's that's more what thief with guns is like you're not, hmm. you're not Duke Nukem. You, you're just a little more heavily armed thief. Well, their website's down because of all the traffic. Apparently, know, they're popular. Traffic. Yeah, it's it's blowing up. It's from our stream. I went with old thief graphics today in the background. Oh, so, let's look. Yeah. No thief. Mm-hmm. Thief. There's thief up there as well. But Omen uh, engine. yeah, thief. Uh, we yep we talked about um, original Thief Makers last time with System Shock, so this is sort of a synergy between last week's show and this week's show. Thief, is there? Uh, that was. Uh, Can I harmonics. tell you how disappointed I am that Looking Glass Studios was closed down in like two thousand yes. two thousand one? Oh, absolutely. They were they were an amazing. Harmon- stu- I don't know why. Well, they be- most Economics. of them went to Harmonix. They most of them went to Harmonix to make uh, Rock Band. Or some of them did, anyway. I feel like we've already covered this <laughs> next topic as we shift seamlessly to security <clears throat> corner, but it's new. How many zero days for Chrome are there? Apparently this one's from September 2. How many do you want? Because there's at least one well, more than that. These are fun, so let's just keep rolling with it. Okay, so you need to be on <laughs> Chrome 105.0.5195.102 for Windows, Mac, and Linux to have the version that addresses a single high-severity security flaw, the sixth Chrome Zero Day right this year. And if you're not, you will melt your face off. Please, please upgrade. Like how they explain how to check for new updates. How about how to you know get them to stop checking for new updates? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> so no exploitation <sighs> details yeah. available. Yeah. They anyway. really didn't talk about what the exploit was on this one, but they did talk about that it was sort of a message passing uh process boundary sort of violation that's going on in this particular situation. They have not published proof of of um vi- uh, of severity code yet. I think they're trying to allow people to uh, get a chance to upgrade everything. Although there has actually been exploits of this out in the wild, so for God's sakes, please, please upgrade if, unless you want to be taken advantage of in a way that you don't want to be taken advantage of. Including Josh, he does not want to be taken advantage of this way either. No, not at this point. And you don't want <laughs> to be five years. <laughs> 
you don't want to be running Windows and have Chromium and Electron reported as malware. That can be disturbing. Yeah, too. Chrome. Chrome. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that it's, uh, I don't know if they were Chrome? wrong. Jeremy, hmm. are they wrong, though? Are they wrong? Well, I mean, I'm amazed it didn't catch Edge, so uh, maybe there's something weird going on here. Because I, I isn't yeah, something Edge, weird like Chromium, you know the only safe Edge. solution is to use Edge, guys. You can't trust Google. Our, our pop-up windows are not enough. Our redirects are not enough. So well, we're just gonna you know um, accidentally make it as malware. Like how the register says, neither Spotify nor Chrome are malware or ransomware, despite their info harvesting practices. They're quibbling. Is it really? <laughs> Is it, ran- is it ransomware when you invite it into the house? No, it's not. It's like the... <laughs> Even knowing it's going to walk off with hey, the silverware? You don't... Uh, Jeremy, you there's don't such a thing a as social... And you don't invite... Uh, diseases? Uh, you know what? You just might because, you know, a lot of these are social engineering attacks. You've invited it in. You've essentially clicked the link. You know what I'm saying? You've you've downloaded something. Yes. Uh, what does that count as inviting the vampire in? I, I think it. Might. I mean, it's up there. Speaking of up there, oh good god! Up on top of We're your head, Jeremy. I don't know if you're wearing them right now. I am. You reviewed a pair of headphones, and this is the first of three audio-related reviews yeah. that we put up in like the last seventy-two hours. I apologize, but you know what? We, they sent us a lot of audio stuff, and you just got to get to it. It's the I was wondering price. why the uh, Fosse guys didn't uh, get back to me because they got back to Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, they did. Scooped it up. Yeah, I I even politely declined at first, and they were uh, politely insistent. Oh, huh. so Monoprice, the Sync ANC, they're wireless headphones with more for less. Writes Jeremy. Ah, Please give us a lowdown on these. But they are also <laughs> wired headphones. Oh, they are. So you can bring them on the uh, airplane with you. Uh, I'm wired in right now, as okay. I prefer to be. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I've done a couple of Monoprice headset reviews recently. Uh, so this is yet another one. Uh, it's the lowest price one at $60. But for 60 bucks, you get Bluetooth 5 with low latency AppDeck support nice. and uh, active noise cancellation, hence the ANC. Uh the ANC and everything else has buttons. So if you're not a big fan of tapping your ear cups in bizarre ways in public to try and do things. So in this case, it's got an on and off switch. It's got a volume rocker. It's got a pause. Play. On, you pretend to be on Stargate Atlantis. Uh, I do your, with the wireless one. ear to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. And of course their, their perfect best uh, features, which is you always know which one's the right ear cup and which one's the left ear cup. Uh, one thing that, uh, is worth noting is that the ANC, well, the you're, you're National gonna have Congress. To, uh, you know what you and me and the ANC, yeah. uh, the, uh, three and a half mil cable does not supply power. So if you're going to turn ANC on, it's going to eat your battery. Uh, that's why there's a physical switch to turn it on and off. If you're wired in and you've got it on, you've got about 14 hours, which isn't bad. I mean, they're expecting about 20 hours uh, at about 50% volume. Wireless turned on the ANC, cuts it down to about 10. You're paying 60 bucks. Don't complain. 
you want 60 hours, pay for the $120 ones that I reviewed, which are very similar to this. Uh, there's a couple of pictures of them side by side. They're, they're similar in design. Uh, the, the other ones are a little bit fancier, as you can see. They're, they're part of their more high-end uh you know, they're high-end skew, whereas the, the sink ank is supposed to be, you know, relatively decent, cover everything that you need, but not be quite as much uh, as impressive as the M1000A and C. Though, to be fair, that one doesn't have low latency uh, aptex. It's just got the basic aptex. The other fun thing about these is you're able to pair to two devices at the same time. Now, don't listen to them at the same time, but it's actually stupidly handy to have it paired to your phone and to like a, a Bluetooth stereo. So you put your phone away and you walk over and it's like pairing and now you're paired to the receiver. It, it's actually, you know, it seems like a silly thing, but it's actually kind of a good trick. The other fun thing is that, you know, if it's like you got a friend at a bar and it's like, okay, well, I want to pair to them to see how they sound. You don't have to do the unpair dance. So then he can pair to them. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, uh, nice. I'm flexible that way. I can connect to two things. Just don't send nice. me them both at the same time. So yeah, overall, I mean, they're not brilliant. They've got some nice sound to them. The ear cups are comfortable. It's metal construction. So if you throw them in a bag, they're not going to bust or anything. So at 60 bucks, you know, not bad. It's $60. It price does have a little bug in it though. Okay. Which is? When I was walking, uh, like I, I went on a fairly long walk. And so every time I stepped with ANC on, it turned that little into an audible thunk really every step like it was trying to like it was trying to cancel it like it was trying to cancel it, but, it yeah but unfortunately no. by the time the sound it was trying to cancel it happened it was actually a physical motion mm -hmm. and so it ended up amplifying it but you it know if, if you walk to the beat of pump up your jam it would give you a whole new world uh of, of it, it was actually ministry and it worked very well oh okay Sorry, it was my hard face to get the double bass going, but the single, the single one I could do. It didn't happen on a bus, like a bump on a bus. No, but walking, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't recommend these for walking, at least without the ANC. If you turn the ANC off, it's pretty bad. It's pretty good, but otherwise, yeah. So these cans weren't made for walking. They were that's not. not what they'll do. One of these days, these cans are gonna ANC walk are all gonna... over you. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Let's move to another subjective audio review here at PC Per. And it's the Creative Sound Blaster Katana V2 Gaming Soundbar. I know what you're thinking. A gaming soundbar? Forsooth. But it's a real thing. And uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. As I say here in the subtitle, don't be distracted by the RGB. Uh, there's a, a large... There's a long RGB. Can you, um, can you turn bar. that off? Can you yes, turn it of off? Of course you can turn it off. Everybody asks okay. the first question. Can you turn off the RGB? And the answer is yes, you can. Good. Don't be distracted by the RGB. This soundbar produces great audio. And this is coming from a sort of a snob. I try not to be a snob. That's not very big for great audio. No, I it's have about 25, 24 inches wide. It's about two feet wide. I'll get to the uh, images of it here. Let's see. Here's all the stuff you get. Here's the power adapter. There is the unit itself. It's 23 point something inches wide. 
I say the actual dimensions here, 23.6 inches wide, 3.74 inches deep, and 2.44 inches high. That's positively minuscule. It's pretty small. And interesting kind of placement. Now, this is similar to the original Katana uh, sound bar. This is the second one, hence V2. There are these top, um, not necessarily upward, almost upward and backward <laughs> firing drivers, and then there are front drivers. So it's back and to the left? And to the right. <sighs> Here's a side view. You can see it's it's an angled uh, top. Ah. The sound bounces off of your monitor. If you have a it monitor ricochets. that's at least you know, 20 inches so wide. They're, they're sort of re- obviously recommending you place this beneath your screen so they can use it as a reflective well, surface. Yes, I would say that most people put a soundbar beneath their screen, so that makes sense. Okay. Here are the All inputs. Right. Here's where it will differentiate itself from a lot of soundbars. You're thinking, oh, soundbar. Well, does every soundbar oh. have a USB audio input? Really? So it has a DAC? Yes. And it has so everything's built in and a headphone jack. It's, you know what? An optical in. Here's the thing. It's a sound card. Ooh. When you plug it into your computer, it just shows up as a sound blaster. So a 96 kilohertz sound blaster card. Smart. So you've got Interesting. HDMI arc. You have USB for connecting it to a PC. Aux in, 3.5 millimeter. Aux, uh, has an optical input. For, for, aux in is for the pores amongst, you know, oh. the, the, it's for the population. It's, it's universal. <laughs> <laughs> optical in and then in the sub out is you know your Smart. typical rca yeah. uh, but the sub on this is passive it's big it's fairly the heavy where's the amp it's not it's in the unit you have to just it's a passive sub so the it's getting its supposed 65 uh, ish watts over that cable so the sub is rated for i don't remember exactly what 65 watts ish and with a and sound it just tube has reasons. a old school well, rca cable uh, to connect it to now there's how, how, did, you, tr- how did you no, find listen, the base listen. how did you find the base okay, listen, I'm to, listening. listen to this creative right. claims this is a tri amplified design where is it co- uh, exclusive tri amplified design so each of the five drivers in the sound bar and subwoofer i think that means four in the sound bar and one in the sub. Anyway, what I noticed was there was actually a surprising amount of power in the sub, considering it is a passive sub. That seems hard to believe. Okay, Okay, well, if you've ever connected speakers to an amplifier, Brett, you will find that a speaker that has no power cord attached to it can produce very powerful sound when connected to a high-powered amplifier. And that's because the electricity... Travels Several. through the speaker wire and it interacts with the the driver inside of the speaker, which is what they're doing here. Creative figured it out. They figured out that by leveraging the technology from the beginning of home audio, they were able to produce sound in the subwoofer without having it actually plug into power. They have wow. fooled me with their low power RCA connectivity. You'd think it was low power, but that's just the connector they're using. You just have you just have you, you know don't what? want to give I'm, people. I'm used uh, to RCA being, you know, uh, not uh, speaker level. I was used like to line uh, level, being yeah, line, line, level, but line level. You never owned a stereo back in the day where the speaker's connected via RCA? All right, you're right. No, I prefer bare wire. 
I've had both, but it, but, anyway. but it was portable. It had a handle. <laughs> uh, I wrote in the review that I try not to do <laughs> exactly. audio snob, but <laughs> the impression I have from past experience with different sound bars is that they tend to sound a little thin. They sound a little mid-rangey to me. And some of them try to make up for it by having a thumping powered sub. The trend these days is to have a wireless sub. So they sound unbalanced is what you've Yeah, found there's there always like a a as a, ga- a chasm of missing audio mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. high bass of the sub and the trebly mid-range of the soundbar sometimes. Mm-hmm. This one sounded really good. It actually has a very full sound on its own. And there's a significant amount of bass coming out of the sub. It had powerful low end, not crazy. When I had it down here, listening to it at this computer behind me, I was amazed at how much bass was coming out. But this is a low ceiling environment. Took it up so to the living it was in room. A good, it was a good environment. Yeah, took it up to yep. the living room. Here it is under my TV. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing width that I was not expecting. I have tower speakers no. left and right of the TV. And it sounded like this the same width, like the sound stage was just as wide out of this little thing. So there the simulated surround effects are actually quite good. I, I use the movie sound uh preset mostly. So Which I'm, probably did some digital delays to it is, sort of it is because if you that. turn off the EQ, it sounds yeah. exactly like I expected it to. It sounds yeah, yeah. narrow flat and very flat. narrow. Yeah. Yep. Not powerful at all you have to engage one of the uh, presets. And you can customize those in the software. You can cycle through them with the buttons on the top of the device or with the remote. But you can also go into EQ and create your own. Here's the gaming presets default. As you can see, it adds more mid-range emphasis because gaming, I guess that's for chat. And then the movie is more scooped mid-range and so is music, especially scooped. But you can customize it. You can set your own presets, do whatever you want. It saves stuff to the device. I noticed when I was messing around with the lighting. overvolt the preamp? Huh? You can overvolt the preamp? You can do a lot of things. So the preamp slider for there. You can, and I don't recommend it, because then it starts to sound distorted. You would get distortion, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, it does exactly what I think. Then. Yeah, oh, good. so it, it's it's fine. And then I was trying to figure out, okay, what about this Super X-Fi thing it's talking about? And then I discovered that you can't use it within the app. It forces you to go to the Windows App Store to download the Super X-Fi app, which then requires you to make an account. At that point, I just said, okay, fine. I gave it my best effort. I'm not going to test Super X-Fi because I don't want to make an account just to enable a feature to give simulated surround to my headphones. Wow. Soundblast has been doing that for a long time. I just, I feel the hate daggers at the Super X5 thing. I have to agree. I just, it seems a little onerous, but. but when does. Soundblaster X kicked off, they started doing that for certain That's stuff. Lame. So you got to sign up to get the driver. The software was otherwise excellent. And then when I had to go out to get another piece of software and then create an account, I was like, what is happening? Why can't they just unify this all into the same software? Why? But anyway, the uh, upshot of this is that it sounds very, very good. Better than I was expecting. Very impressive product. It's $329, which you Mm. take that to, say, Best Buy, $300 to $350 can get you a soundbar from, a soundbar with a sub from like JBL or Clips or Polk Audio, Samsung, or LG. Sony. 
LGE. Yes, LG. Well, you wouldn't oh, have maybe, to spend that yeah. much, but yeah. But those aren't going to be a sound blaster. Like those don't have a USB connection to your PC and give you like an aux in. And this has built-in microphones. It it's a unique sort of a product. Gamer doesn't necessarily just mean the RGB light strip, but that's of course there. I ended up turning it off, of course, for the living room because I mean, look at this. That's that's pretty bright. You can turn yeah, it down. It you can turn down the brightness, but that's amazing. I would just like to add that you're not known to audio hyperbole. You're very willing to say this sounded like ass. I wouldn't say that. No, I would say it more diplomatically. Well, but yeah, sure. But at this point, you're actually saying this was pretty good. No, this I and didn't Chris suck. Coke this was good. This was nice. Reviewed this before I did. This came out last uh, October, October 2021. I had been approached about reviewing this, and I said, absolutely, yeah, because I, you know, it's a Sound Blaster. I'm a vintage PC nerd, and I've got all these old Sound Blaster cards. I use a USB Sound Blaster for my PC. I have creative speakers. It's like, yeah, absolutely, send me a creative product. But it was delayed. It was delayed all the way until this summer when I finally got mine, so. But, well, I mean, Chris Coke got his back at launch, and he had a review of this over at MMORPG, where he talked it up like he talked about the best getting better and how it was i think he gave it like a 9.5 out of 10 or something i was like hmm. really can it be that good and then i heard it i was like okay that's this is actually really really good it sounds way way bigger and better than it has any right to so hmm. that's if good you got 330 burning a hole in your pocket in these uncertain financial times absolutely i have creative sound works 5.1 speakers that sadly died and there still may be oh. downstairs or maybe i threw them away i don't know they were fantastic because they, so they, they bought up uh, cambridge soundworks and integrated a lot of their tech into pc speakers they were all of my mains the time. all of my mains are cambridge soundworks my my mains in my uh movie room are cambridge in my my workspace are all cambridge and i i can't say good enough things about them i love those guys yeah love those speakers excellent all right finally rounding out the trio of audio reviews jeremy please tell us about this tiny amp from fossey audio yes which uh, amazingly enough this is literally the first time we've encountered them i haven't even put a link to a review of a fossey audio product <laughs> Uh, they're, they're relatively, they're, they're big over in China. They're just recently out here. And so they suddenly sent me an email and like, Hey, we've got this tiny, uh, pocket amp. Uh, it's stereo. Would you like to review it? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't see the point of that. And they're like, well, no, you should give it a shot. I'm like, all right, fine. Ship it out to me. And so I, take a look at it and it is we uh perfectly honest it's still wired back there because i didn't want to unwire the 10 speakers i just spent the the time wiring them up wait so this is uh, not a headphone amp this is a speaker amp this is an unpowered speaker amp it only deals with unpowered speakers right, it will yes. not deal with anything that's powered uh it's it's fairly dead simple and that it's got an on off a treble a bass and a volume uh it, it will accept rca in uh, on the back, it, it will either take banana plugs or bare wire. And since I run a bare wire system, that was nice. 
Uh, well, you'll, you'll see the power supply there. It says DC 18 volt to 48 volt. Well, that they sell, ship you one. There's your there's your size. <laughs> it's smaller so it's, than it's smaller than a storm of swords. Yes, smaller than your uh, and paper. not as thick either. So that's sort of your idea. But here's the thing: this bloody thing can drive up to 315 watts per channel at a four ohm load with 10% total di- harmonic distortion or 10% 150 well, watt un- <laughs> you know where four ohms you know where four ohms as a frequency normally occurs the class D is yeah, amazing no. but yeah you do get you get those huge yeah, transients why you don't run four ohm um, or it'll do 150 watt on each channel to 8 ohms that's pretty good unclipped absolutely unclipped, unclipped. No distortion, no freaking nothing. Okay. Uh, and it happily, it, it's running uh, a Texas Instrument chip, uh, the TPA 3255, mm-hmm. which, so it doesn't do Dolby, it does Pure Path Ultra HD signal with low distortion. And they're not kidding. Like, like the THD is under, it is 0.3%. The sound noise, their signal to noise ratio is 90 decibels. And the frequency range is just, like, obnoxious. So, okay, this little tiny thing is going to do this. And yeah, so... Well, sometimes... Uh, did you see the voltage on their power supply? It's 32 volts at 5 amps. I don't think they're shitting you. <laughs> uh, well, and in part of the manual, they will tell you that, you know, if you're going to go for a, a higher... If you want, like, serious wattage, uh, grab a 48-volt 10-amp power supply and plug it in can do oh, it yes it doesn't oh, yes. care it doesn't oh, ship yes. with it but you can do it and you can yes. get the full 600 watt out of this bloody tiny little thing and it's mm-hmm. all metal so yeah it warms up but it, it spreads the heat out so against this is a, a 30 year old amp that i have been running for a very yeah there, there yeah that's the uh, specs on what it does. So at, at so a more reasonable 1% total harmonic distortion and noise, you have 260 watts stereo into 4 ohms. Yeah. Or 150 into... Ohms. Doesn't quite double into 4, but that's still very good. That's but the thing that's about often at very low frequencies. It's run them at, at very, uh, those higher... No. But well, it's often that distortion lower. is very... At often very low frequencies where that blurriness really doesn't become so apparent to you. Well, the thing, well, yep. one thing about Class D is that you do have uh, high frequency like switching noise, but that's generally filtered out. Oh, how... you're right about no, that. No, it's, yeah. it's filtered out. It has to I be filtered out, anything. and that's fine because it's well above the range of human hearing anyway. So you're not losing any yep. real audio um, fidelity by doing that. But yeah. this uh, harmonic distortion chart, so basically the practical limit is 100 watts because after that Which it is rises. Fair tremendously yeah. so at four ohms though you get up to about it looks like around 200 almost 200 before the meteoric rise yeah. so that's that's very good that's actually quite similar to uh the class d amp that i have which is a dual mono configuration which only does mm-hmm. 100 and 200 at eight and four ohms without you know significant distortion oh who made that at your dual monos they're old um Ice power. Oh, that's going back. Yeah, it's a Calyx. They're a South Korean company. 
it's actually called uh, what is it called digital analog it's the calyx the integrated it's a fairly high-end dual mono thing that they had in music shops around here for a while back in the day but i have a set of old carvers that uh were very similarly um worked at a time that's impressive for something that small yeah well you should see what it's hooked up to how big are the speakers? <laughs> what did you hook it up to? Well, uh, fifteen. Is the picture of here? Where's the picture of the speakers they're hooked up to? Yes, please. All right, hold on. Let me go back to the review. It's a montage. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to take the picture. I of like it. the difference between the you know the receiver and this. Yes, yes. nice, nice. And one of them does a better job, sadly. Yeah, there's a little bit of tech porn on the inside of what this Kenwood that. I'm running. Oh, man, is. this is an oldie. It's from the '88. It's from the '80s. Yeah, but yeah, those. Though this is what I hooked up to this poor little thing. <laughs> oh, for the love! Of oh, wow. There are ten of them. So each of those are pairs. I only took a picture of one of them, but there's okay. two of those. Uh, yeah. That's an old Kenwood. That's an old Kenwood. Uh, that's an old Awa. Uh, and I don't know what the hell the ones with the. Uh, what is yeah. that? That is old. That's the 1980s, my friend. Look at the size and of that. That's woof. That's a fifteen. And you've Easily got you've got you can change tone. The crossover. Yeah. That's yeah. a crossover. It's Cross- a crossover switch. Dial. Two pairs of crossovers. It's you have a back. Yeah, it's one in the back. Oh look, this one has it too. Yeah, two of them are crossovers. The others are not. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's the old Radio Shack dial and the one in the black one on the left. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, all of this was hooked up to this poor little thing. But I figured you guys would like some old uh, hardware porn shots. It's a pretty big uh, transformer. Oh, my there. God, yeah, power yes. supplies were cute back then, eh? The capacitors ain't too small either. No, they actually, you know, if you go back, it, you don't get the HDMI switching and all that stuff. But if you have an old there's nothing. receiver that has yeah. analog multi-channel input, there's no reason to get rid of that. Also, it's one of the uh, first it's implementations brutish. of Dolby Surround. Huh. There's an entire yeah, logic done. board on there that is Dolby Surround on the top there. But but done with analog circuits. Yes. <laughs> these are all like pin through. Well, there's a couple of surface mount things here. I guess. No, these are yeah. all just. I am shocked by how healthy those capacitors look. I know. I've only had to replace two of them. And there's still and there some were, grounding issues, since, but for the most part, if I slap it, it goes away. They were through hole, weren't they? And it was a single layer board, I bet. Oh, well, look at the sideboard at the bottom there. Uh, yeah, they're through okay. hole. <laughs> yeah, they're all through hole. See, through hole, I so, misspoke last week. I can't do anything service mount. The only thing I've ever soldered successfully is through hole. So I could actually work on correct. it. Correct. Same here. Yeah, but you know what? Leaking capacitors, it was fixable back then. You can't fix yeah. anything nowadays. That stuff. No. Could potentially There's live no solid forever state. in in the right hands. <laughs> that could be fixed. Did you open this thing up to show us the guts of the tiny unit? Uh, no, because it looked like it was going to be incredibly difficult to open up. Oh, uh, I, I I may at a later date, uh, but uh, it was enough of a fight to get all of the wires that used to be spread out between four channels, left and right for rear and front to just some, uh, just some head head Jeremy here. Jeremy, were you listening to a little quadraphonic? Is that what you were doing? Uh, yeah, I was. So 
uh, Napster's neighbor, <laughs> who is uh, a musician by trade, along with some other things, to the point where he went to our local music store on Sunday to pick up some guitar strings and came home with an 88-key-weighted Roland keyboard. Uh, so far, has refused to do any of and in, be involved in any of my headset reviews. Uh, he has $500 head Sennheisers, and he's like, there's no way in hell that I even want to listen to these monoprice ones. They're, they're going to be crap. I'm like, fine, whatever, dude. Uh, so I hooked this up, and I said, hey, Chris, come on in for a... We'll, we'll fire up YouTube and listen to some tunes. And then the first thing he said is, well, crap, it's a good thing you finally fixed that Kenwood. It sounds pretty good right now. I'm like, no, dude, this is the box that we both, when we arrived, said, I don't know what the heck this thing is for. We're gonna try it out, and yeah, that's what it sounds like. He goes, "Yeah, titillating." The problem is, <laughs> is that literally? Yes, that's literally what he said. Yes, and it would practically fit in your back pocket. It pretty much does. Uh, if you can that's fit a book nuts. in your back pocket, it fits in there. Uh, it is stupidly clean. Uh, there is beautiful separation between the sides. If you were going to use this, like I said, if he's got monitors upstairs, but they're powered. But if you had unpowered monitors, this thing would be perfect. If you've got limited space and two bookshelf speakers, brilliant. It, I, and it's the spoiler I've held on to. It, uh, it gets a little toasty, yeah. But it's well, entirely... The, the, MOSFETs, space the MOSFETs must be against the metal case. Yeah. The damn thing is 75 bucks. Jeez. Unbelievable. Yeah. So what's on the inside is well worth it. If you've got limited space and some really good bookish shelf speakers, this thing would be brilliant. Like if you've got any sort of stereo solution that you want. And the weird thing is you go to Fozzie and like there are headphone amps. You can tell this isn't a headphone amp because it doesn't have any vacuum tubes in it. Uh, <laughs> they've got a lot of interesting things. I don't know. It's. Are you saying because it's not pretentious that it's actually good? <laughs> well, it's it's good and not full of itself for it. Uh, Let's just so, yeah, say I'm it's impressed. not bad. It's certainly not bad. See, I don't know. I'm I, I kind of miss the full surround, uh, so I may go back. But for now, I'm just impressed at the the clarity of like. Uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings, the, the the Rings of Power that just came out. There's a lot of dialogue while there is loud noises happening in the background. My Ken so dynamic changes, soft low, yeah. soft low. Thing, That's uh, what was the transient hard response? Hard right. transients. Yes. Mm. yes, the transients you know on I've this is brilliant. I've heard the term. <laughs> Exceptional transients, crystalline clarity in the upper mid-range and the treble. So I kind of liked it, and the audio file that I know said titillating. Well, so there you okay, go. there you have it. There. A $75 amp, an unassuming, and apparently high-quality device. 600 watt amp. And you can always just throw some heat sinks on it. If it gets too hot, just cut a hole in the top, put some heat sinks on it. Just like Jeremy's PC. Yeah, just put a box fan on Point a box fan. Just, at it. just, just box fan. It came like that. All right, it is time for picks of the week. Josh, get us started. Me? Yes, Me. you. Hey, you know what? 
There's new mice coming out. I'm kind of excited about it. I, I like I like the Logitech G502. Kind of excited about the 502X. I don't like wireless mice. I don't. But damn it, I'll I'll take a wired one any day of the week. So you know, better switches, really high DPI. They fit nicely. They'll glide around. Know what I'm saying? 13 programmable controls. Thin wall molding to achieve 89G. I don't know what the hell that means. I think but anyway. 89 grams of total weight. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, I'm going to move my mouse at 89Gs. You're going to tear your fingers bad. off. I sure will. <laughs> my fingers will weigh a thousand pounds a piece. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no. I, it looks kind of interesting to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you to go out and buy it, but when it eventually comes out, I'm 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 going to get one because mine's starting to wear down. I, I want to turn that green I want to turn that green LED off. All right, Jeremy. Your what? Pick. Your pick. Ah, this was uh, fed to me by uh, the chat in Discord. Yeah, Maxius, right? Yeah, Stellar Data Recovery. So I haven't tried it yet, but like I totally look, took a look at it, and first off, I'm like, "Oh, your pair of corrupt PST files! I hate you! I the PST files need to die and go away." Oh, but you do exchange database corruption too. That's interesting. You can apparently repair just about any database going. Oh, and uh, it can pretty much handle any sort of corrupted. Uh, Windows registry or file system. I mean, of course, short of BetLocker, but it will retrieve data from RAID 0. It'll retrieve data from a, rate, uh, a death wish rate. This is impressive. And, you know, I, I kind of want to grab this. It's, and, and there's been a lot of uh, good reviews about it as well. But yeah, Jeremy. this looks like serious data recovery. Jeremy yeah. can't revive a dead raid from a Dell perk controller. Uh, well, it's Dell, so uh, you're in proprietary hell. All right, just checking. I just wanted, but just throwing that try out. Try it. What's the cost? <laughs> it says all it says is free download. I'm guessing that you have to license it at some point. Uh, I mean, for for, for oh, this is a free uh, okay. for individuals. There's free, standard, professional, and premium. Oh, I see. So up to so, one gigabyte of data for free, and then you have to pay for it if you want more. Which, to be honest, I mean, if you can if you can get a gigabyte of data, that means I know it's worth paying for because I can get the rest of it back. If you're like, yeah, there's about 180 meg worth of file uh, tags that we've got. Yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah, it says it will restore from BitLocker. You just have to... Yeah, see, all you have to do is enter the BitLocker decryption key. <laughs> Whoops. Which, you know, yeah. Well, it used to be on the, Jeremy- the, the, the key under my keyboard, and I lost the keyboard, so I don't know my key anymore. Mm. And it'll I'm, be I'm not sure... Well. I'm not sure how much a gigabyte of data is, but it sounds like a lot. It, you know, a gil... It's, it's an old measurement. A gill. It's mm. like a dollar, but in the Final Fantasy universe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. All right, okay. Brett. No, it's an alcoholic term. Your pick. I, I feel like this may be a bit of a cop-out because I did 
I guess you could say steal it from Discord. This is the 2K Games Mega Bundle, although I definitely zeroed in on three of the uh, full collections for XCOM, Bioshock, and Borderlands 3. And my second tier uh, way here was Civ, uh, Civ 6 and Mafia. Uh, I think some people would get some enjoyment out of the Duke Nukem collection. The Duke or Nukem even Forever the, collection. That's the deep. Duke Nukem Forever so collection. Although that didn't rise to the level of I'm super interested in it. No. But the other ones definitely did. Our, people might see RTS, the Army Men RTS, as like, hey, that's kind of cool. But like I said, the ones that drew my attention were uh, XCOM, Borderlands 3, and uh, the full uh, suite of Bioshock. So for 16 bucks, you can... You can dip into those full collections. Not a bad deal. Are these always going to be Steam codes? Is it a mix like Steam and Epic or how does this delivery? Uh, as far as I know, it's all Steam okay. right now. So just add to that endless backlog. Of games that you haven't played. Look, yeah. but cheaply. If, if you don't if you don't have an endless backlog of stuff in your Steam library or whatever library of yours, you're just not doing it right. I don't, you're I'm not, not discriminating. Right. You could have an epic. You could have a fat fat epic store. You know, I don't care. But just saying that if you don't have that, then maybe you're not gaming. Oh, hey, uh, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the free epic <laughs> game today. Hmm. I did actually yeah, check uh, An- Amazon's Prime games, and I didn't really see anything interesting there either. Okay. By the way, no, it never is. My pick I'm, is, I'm of course, a piece of uh, ancient hardware. In the box. My pick is the uh, ATI Expert 128. Now, the reason I would pick such an anemic expansion card, this is a 16 megabyte PCI graphics card. It's because of the demo disc that came with it, isn't it? No, it's because this was my first graphics card. Prior Hmm. to this, I was using integrated graphics. At first in an AMD K6 2 system that was the family computer, and then in my first computer of my own, when I moved out and got an apartment, which was a Dell Dimension 2100 with a Celeron processor and integrated Intel graphics, the 810 chipset. So going from that to this card, which is just a rebadged Rage 128 on the PCI bus. Yeah, Rage 128 was, that was a darn good, I mean, it was, it was Riva TNT style card it, it did there were bit coloring really so well many uh, of those so depth. many of those yeah they were very 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 popular and the uh, 3d mark people did a rage 128 demo that had some groovy groovy music to it yeah this this was quite capable for the kind of stuff i was playing back then it was very low frame rates and anything more advanced but in like 2000 ran quick too and 32 bit nice yeah it was it was a huge step up from four megabytes of intel graphics on my motherboard that's for sure and that concludes another episode of the pc perspective podcast please join us again next week if we do this again next week which we probably will we keep on we keep on sort of intimating that we won't because one of these weeks we will take the week off i promise I think the last and you know, one of these like days, New Year's, or one of us will these die. Weeks? Well, that's also true. 
Yeah. We're not promising true. to do it on air, but well, or both at the same time. You've never met my family, have you? No, no. I haven't had the pleasure. Of it. One of these days, I'll fly out to Laramie, and I will insist that I stay at your house for free. <laughs> I hey, want to sample the burgers. Welcome. I have a guest room. Oh, perfect. And I, I yeah. want to sleep in Josh's guest room. Definitely. But there's you no the bathroom. meat smoking. Is, Josh, is there a lock on the door? No, it's it's a, it's a folding bifold mm. door. Ah, okay, all right. Yeah, like I might, I might. That makes me uncomfortable. Wait, a sure. folding? Is this like a, one of those little like screen partitions? But you're calling it a like, door? Like, is it is it like, more you, of a closet? It's like an accordion, you know, yeah, except only two leaves. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not. That's not really a room. <laughs> you tell me, you got one of the old style fold up beds too. No. You just tuck it in the corner of the room. No, no, we don't have one of those. I think the show would be awesome, by the way. We're in after show mode now.